Hey everybody and welcome to the wedding of Conrad Romberic and Danielle Redding. I'm Jamie Ward, I'm your host of the Silver Linings Playcast, and this is a very special episode because we are live at a wedding. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Oh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. I'm your host, Jamie Ward. And as far as I know, this is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. That's right, this intro this week. What a What a special episode. What a truly special episode it was because this is an episode that is coming a little late in the week but you'll understand why when you hear all the things that happened one of those things was i had a big week i officiated my first wedding not only was it uh, a very special event overall it's a very special wedding because it was for one of my best friends ever i have about three four best friends uh, because I have about three or four friends total. They're all the best. But I was very excited because there's definitely special things about each of them. And this guy uh, was a guy that booked me when nobody else would book me. Right? I've been doing comedy since 2009 and nobody's booked me for a wedding yet. And so he saw my potential. He was like, hey, I got a wedding coming up. Do you want to host it? And I was nervous. He asked me about a year ago. And I said, yeah. Yeah, I do. Because that's the key to stand-up comedy. You just you, you accept the gig whether you were qualified to do it or not. And so I did. I said, yeah. And I, I wrote a short set. And I, I went back and forth with him and his bride-to-be at the time. And we worked out, you know, some of the, the lines. And so uh, two days ago, on Friday, December 2nd, 2022, I performed at the Tyrone Train Depot in Tyrone, Georgia for an audience of about 80 and it was, let me say, it was nerve-wracking. It was one of the toughest crowds I think I've ever had. I got almost no laughs at all, I think. But that's okay, because this performance wasn't about laughs per minute. It was sort of about the quality. You know, Bill Hicks always says, don't, don't think you're failing. This is paraphrasing, but Bill Hicks always says, don't think you're failing just because... You know, you're not getting the laughs. If you if if they're interested in what you're saying, you know, you still have them. You still have the audience. And I I had them. Nobody was on their phones. Everyone was looking at me. Um, they they had to look through the bride and the groom because I was standing behind them. But but you know they were they were looking at me, at us, at the stage. At the at the wedding party, at the performers, right? Uh, it was, they, but we had their full attention, and I 
I don't normally like to brag, but I have to just tell you guys, I, I nailed it. I killed. I did. I had people coming up to me all night saying, that was such a great service. You did excellent. Uh, a lot of them talked about the quality of my voice, which I don't, I don't love that as a compliment about my performance because I think that, you know, I don't, I don't like to take credit for things I was just born into. This, this voice is my voice. Uh, and I think a lot of people can train their voice to be good performance voices. But I, this is why we put the reps in, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we practice our craft, our trade, at the low-stakes events. So when we have high-stakes events, we, we can deliver. We're not worried. Um, there was a best man speech and a, you know, they, they did all right. Um, there was a, uh, maid of honor speech. They, they did fine. Uh, you know, the parents gave, gave a speech. All of, all of these were, were all right, but you could tell they were nervous. These are not people that have public spoke, spoken as often as I have. So, you know, it's, it, it wasn't a competition, I posted this on social media. It wasn't a festival. It wasn't a contest, even though it felt a lot like it because I wasn't the only performer and there was a lot of people that were judging us. But, I mean, I really I feel like a winner. Honestly, we should all feel like winners because it wasn't about who finished first, even though I also I went up first, which was kind of tough. I went up to a cold audience, so they didn't even... I was told they were going to have me walk out with no music. And then when I got to the stage, they, they started the music for the wedding party to enter. And uh, so I had to go cold. But it was okay because during the rehearsal, they told me this is what's going to happen. I was prepared. This is, this is what the reps mean for a, for a professional, Right. If you've been in this comedy game, you've gone up cold. You've gone up to silence. You've gone up to, to shows without a host where you had to bring up your own energy. And I, I, didn't, I didn't do the typical, like, clapping, let's get this thing started. But, I mean, I, I actually I feel like maybe it was one of my best performances because I just I walked up there, I waited for everybody to get up there, and then I just started. I just went into my material didn't even have to use my normal intro. Didn't didn't have to say it's hard hard being a Chinese wedding officiant because I'm Korean. Like I, I didn't because I I already had them. So it was it was beautiful and I learned a lot of things. Uh, I ate a lot of food. It was great. So yeah, I wanna I, you know I want to talk about Silver Linings Playbook because that is the the premise of this podcast. But let's go over a couple more things too, really quick. Um, it was one of my favorite ceremonies I've ever been to. One because it was the first one that I ever got to play a role in. Normally I have to sit there quietly. So you know, being a big egotistical narcissist, I I always want to be a part of everything that I am at. And so getting, getting to host the thing was like a dream come true, right? I mean, I think, I think a lot of, a lot of kids when they're little, they sort of dream about one day their dream wedding. And this, this really was my dream wedding. It was. 
because one, I didn't, I, I got to perform for all of these people and I didn't even have to invite them. Right. Like if I had thrown my own wedding, if I was producing my own wedding, I would be in charge of promoting it, inviting people, organizing. And, and I think I could, and it may happen one day, but let's, let's just be honest. Come on. As performers, we don't love all that, those secondary tasks, all those implied tasks that come along with the job. We just want to, we just want to talk to strangers. We just want to tell jokes and get our laughs, right? And so I got to do all of that for a great audience. They were wonderful. I mean, I've, I've really connected with them. Several people said that they wanted to come to, you know, they're asking if I was performing again. You know, they well, they asked, like, if I was going to get married, like if Katie and I were going to get married, because um, they would like to attend... <laughs> that one but you know i mean you you got to leave them wanting more you tell them you know you don't you don't throw it all out there because you want them to want to come to more shows that's really the key to performing let's talk about the rehearsal because that's really my favorite part and i i feel bad cuz i missed an opportunity that, that basically I dreamed of. I didn't, I didn't miss it. It's just, you know, you have moments that come along in life that are so perfect and everything is offered to you. And you need to be ready to just say yes and accept them for all their worth. Sort of like the way Pat has all the keys to, to what he needs in front of him and he's still, he's just thinking about getting back with his ex-wife, Nikki. So let's... Let's say, but the, the thing that is important to know is, okay, so there was the rehearsal that we did on Thursday. Uh, and I, I do want to say a little, little inconvenient for me because I was driving in from Forsyth County to, uh, to Tyrone, Georgia, which was about two hours in traffic. I had to get there at 6 o'clock. So we left 2 in the afternoon. And did some chores down there. Then went over to the venue. And we were supposed to be there at 6. It was 5.50 and no one was there. So I called Conrad. And I was, I was, I was nervous that maybe I had messed up the instructions. Like maybe we're not doing it at the venue. Maybe it's just going to be practice, right? And he said, uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm late. Um, I stopped on at Dunkin' Donuts to get some coffee. To which I just responded, I love you, man. Like, I know there's... That's always a legitimate excuse in my book. If you're running late, just tell me you're running to Dunkin'. You, you could have asked if I wanted Dunkin', but he didn't. But that's okay, because I know he had a lot on his his plate. He had a lot to think about. Um, you know? He was playing the bro- the, the groom... And uh, as as wonderful and professional as he is, and as much as he has performed and produced stuff, uh, I've probably performed a little bit more than he has. So I knew I knew he was probably a little more nervous than I was. I um, but but he did great too. Super professional, nailed it. Uh, definitely, Conrad and Danielle were 
were definitely the next best two in the room. Um, he messed up his lines a little bit. Uh, he, I think he had planned, we had talked about him saying some stuff, and he got a little choked up over the emotionality of it, and, and Daniel did too, so when they were supposed to have some lines with each other, they, they cut him a little short, but it's okay. I'm, you know, a consummate professional. I was able to cover for that. We just, we just went right into the next part, you know? Um, somebody forgets their lines... It's okay. I know the whole play. I know the whole production. I'm going to learn the other characters' lines just so that that I know uh, how to keep things on track. So that's okay. But anyway, so we had the rehearsal, and we ran through... We probably should have actually run the lines, but we ran through the, the walking. Uh, the intro music was Taylor Swift's Lover, so that was pretty cool. Uh, y'all know I, I used to be a big... Taylor Swift fan, um, so that was a lot of fun for me having a, I didn't know the song at the time, um, but anyway, yeah, they, they, they played that, and I just thought it was, a, it was a fun little nod, a little Easter egg to anybody that knows me, that they had picked that song uh, for, for my intro, our intro, um, and then we all went back to the Brombaric house, where, and this is the exciting part, they had ordered Pertillo's. So, are you all familiar with what Pertillo's is? Pertillo's is a chain of uh, Chicago street food, um, you know, just, just great, great food. Uh, they're, I, I think they're both they're they're most known for, so they're they're three main items hot dogs beef and sausage sandwiches and char grilled burgers they have uh i think they have a fish sandwich a grilled chicken sandwich salads cakes uh sides soups they have some pasta uh but um oh this is so anyway the uh the the signature item that Conrad really turned me on to Pertillo's when we were on the road together was the Italian beef sandwich. Now, I did not know that this was really a thing, right? Um, I, I'm a big fan of Arby's. If y'all have listened to the podcast, you know how much I like Arby's. I like roast beef sandwiches, the shaved roast beef and I want to be honest, I was skeptical the first time I went to Chicago with Conrad. He was, he was talking up Pertillo's, and he's like, oh, you need to go to Pertillo's. This is going to change your life if you like sandwiches, if you like stuff. And I, I saw the pictures. I, I Googled it. There was no cheese on these sandwiches. They look dry if you look at them on the website, if you look at them on a picture. So, in my head, I like I thought it. It looks delicious, but it just does not look like it's something that's going to become one of my favorite sandwiches. Because it's just the the shaved roast beef, and then there's some peppers too, and they look they look too serious. Now let me get into it in a second. Be, bear with me. These peppers are actually amazing, but I just want you to understand if you if you understand where I'm coming from, my you know some of my favorite sandwiches 
you know, been up to Pittsburgh for the Primanti brothers. Um, I love, I love cheesesteaks. That's one of my favorites. Uh, Diablo sandwich, chicken sandwich. So, so looking at a, a picture of a roast beef sandwich, an Italian beef that looked like it had no sauce, was, you know, it was scary. Now, Conrad tells me, when we first go into Portillo's, he's like, I'll show you how to, how to do it. Uh, Italian beef. Now, now these peppers, um, giardinera, uh pepper mix, which is sort of like pickled... Uh, carrots, celery, um, I think there might be a little cauliflower, peppers, and, and they're soaked in some pickling brine. They make them hot or sweet. They're delicious. They really do add so much to the sandwich. So if you're going to try the Portillo's experience, even if you're, you're a little freaked out because it looks like there's carrots on it, I thought it looked like too serious of a mix. Just trust me, you're not going to taste the individual vegetables in the the mix it's just a great time it's perfect now the key to the sandwich is they asked if i wanted it dunked now i did not understand what this meant at the time what and 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 pertillo's is not the only one but that they're the one that i know them for now and it is one of the the signature chicago chains and and that is that they will dunk the whole sandwich in au jus they they will uh you can you can get scooped on the top if you just want some you can get the bread dunked on its own but they will take the whole sandwich and soak it in the au jus gravy that my friends is the key if you understand what it is I'm always trying to accomplish in my sandwich quest, it is that it, it's, it's about the sauces, right? It's about the condiments and it's about the sauces, gravy, uh, and, and dipping, au jus being one of my favorite. I've always loved French dip, subs. This just took it up a notch. As big a notch as you can. They take the whole sandwich. They put all the toppings in it, and then they take the sandwich, and then they dunk it, submerge it, fully submerge it in the au jus. And you can get the the beef, just the Italian beef. You can get Italian sausage. You can get Italian sausage and beef with the sandwich mix. So the Bromberic clan got... A whole bunch of Portillo's for for his extended family, for all the people that had come in. There was more people at the at the rehearsal dinner than there were at the wedding. This is the funny thing too. They also had sushi as as an appetizer. So there was trays of sushi all over the place. So this was a perfect meal for me and Katie because it has like a signature signature Chicago food. One of the America's favorite sandwiches and sushi, and that, that was like pretty much it too. Uh, a simple, I mean, yeah, in the best way. Just nail it. There was some pasta salad, there was some coleslaw, uh, but there was no salad salad, which I'm saying is a great thing. Why? Because there was just more room for Pertillo's. 
so Conrad had a couple of his relatives were just manning the the stove that had a pot full of gravy and they were just making subs. They were just making Italian beef sandwiches. You could come up and and there was as much as you could possibly want. Conrad's dad kept going around and telling people to eat. Eat all you can. Eat as much food as you can. I'm sorry I wasted some some time on sushi. Because I should have I should have just been eating Pertillos. And I got there, had a, had a good time. All these things went a lot better than I thought because I was really nervous about the social setting. I thought it was going to be too much for me and it was a lot. But when I finally got my nerve up to, to go get a sandwich, um, I did. And they made it perfect. It was amazing. This is where I'm disappointed in myself. I just had one. I was trying to be reasonable. I was trying to have a reasonable amount, like, you know, be a reason. And, and part of this was because I was a little nervous that I was, uh, you know, I wanted to fit in, in my tux, my performance outfit for the next day, even though I had gotten fitted and, and picked it up that morning. And there were stretchy pants, so I knew I'd be fine. So I, I, so I sort of was like, ah, I can, I can indulge. I can do what I need. So I definitely could have had more. And I wanted more. But for some reason, some reason I've been trying to be a normal person and eat normal amounts of food. So it's like I just took a regular meal for one person. I took a sandwich you know, and they fill, they filled it up. It was a nice large sandwich. They put they put copious amounts of meat on there. They soaked it because you know you got to get it soaked. I put the peppers. I like the hot. A lot of them like the sweet. Um, and I ate it, and it was so delicious. It was so good. I I'm having a difficult time talking about it right now because I can't get that again right now. I want it right now so but anyway Katie wasn't ready to eat at the beginning and I should have just gotten one for her and eaten that and then she could have gotten another one because when we left there was plenty of food still there so how many times in life is there going to be an unlimited amount of Bertillo's sandwiches available in front of me like that, for that, and I just, I blew it. You know, I could have, I could have had two sandwiches. I could have had three sandwiches. I could have had four sandwiches. I could have had five sandwiches. I could have had six sandwiches. I could have gotten seven sandwiches. I could have gotten eight sandwiches. They would have let me have nine sandwiches. It would have been fine for me to have ten sandwiches. I could have gotten eleven sandwiches. Like, I'm not even kidding, right? I could have gotten twelve sandwiches. I could have gotten thirteen 
sandwiches. I never would have, because that would have been an unlucky number. But I could have gotten 14 sandwiches. I could have gotten 15 sandwiches. I could have gotten 16 sandwiches. I could have had 17 sandwiches. That day, I could have eaten 18 sandwiches. I could have had 19 sandwiches. I could have gotten 20 sandwiches and not even eaten them all. I could have gotten 21 sandwiches. I could have gotten 22 sandwiches. I could have gotten 23 sandwiches. I could have gotten 24 sandwiches. I could have gotten 25 sandwiches. I probably could have gotten 26 sandwiches. I probably could have gotten 27. I could have had 28 sandwiches. I could have had 29 sandwiches. 30 sandwiches were available. I could have gotten that many. I could have gotten 31 sandwiches. I could have gotten 32 sandwiches. Next time, next time it's a chance I'm going to get 33 or 32 sandwiches. Maybe 34, you know? If someone's like 35 sandwiches, what's 36 sandwiches for them? I could have gotten 37 sandwiches. I could have eaten 38 sandwiches. I could have gotten 39 sandwiches. I could have gotten 40 sandwiches. I could have cut 40 sandwiches into half and eaten 80 sandwiches. I could have I could have eaten 81 sandwiches. I could have eaten 82 sandwiches. I could have eaten 83 sandwiches. I could have eaten 84 sandwiches. I could have eaten 85 sandwiches. I could have gotten 86 sandwiches and not eaten them all. I could have gotten 87 sandwiches and eaten 43 of them and saved the rest. I could have eaten 84 or 85 or 86 sandwiches, you know? I could have gotten 88 sandwiches just because that's a fun number. I could have gotten four sandwiches. I could have gotten 12 sandwiches. I could have gotten 19 sandwiches. I could have had 24 sandwiches. I could have had 25 sandwiches. I could have had 113 sandwiches. I don't know how many sandwiches they had overall. And yes, there was a lot of people and a lot of them ate sandwiches. So I, I would not have had 100 sandwiches. I would not have had 99 sandwiches. I would not have had 98 sandwiches. You know, you got to leave some for... Everybody else, I wouldn't have had 97 or 6 of them. I wouldn't have had 95. I would not have had 94 sandwiches. I wanted 93 sandwiches, but I didn't take 92 sandwiches. Because 91 sandwiches would be too many for one person. The 90 sandwiches had to be split amongst everybody. I, You know? Um, as tempting as 89 sandwiches would have been, 88 would have been a great number of sandwiches. But I don't need 87 sandwiches. You know? No one needs to eat 86 sandwiches in one setting. Even if you have 85 sandwiches, don't eat 84 sandwiches. 83 sandwiches is too much for one person. 82 sandwiches out of that many people going to one person, and I didn't want to, you know have them pay the expense of 81 sandwiches for one person, because there was, there was more people than just me. But, you know, if I had had 80 sandwiches uh, that day, I would be dead now, because that's too many sandwiches. Uh, 79's probably too many sandwiches as well. 
78 sandwiches, too many sandwiches for a person to eat in a setting. Even as good as it is, 77 Pertillo's sandwiches is a dream of mine, but I'm not going to eat 76 sandwiches in a, in a setting. I wouldn't eat 75 sandwiches. I wouldn't eat 74 sandwiches. I would not eat 73 sandwiches, right? I could probably eat two and a half, though. Two and a half would be a good amount of sandwiches. Um, I did have sushi, though. I think I probably could have had two sandwiches. And because they they had the smaller bread size from like the regular and because if you go to Pertillo's actual restaurant you can get sort of like the larger one too so I think if I had gotten two sandwiches I could have in my head justified that as like just having one big sandwich which is not a totally unreasonable amount of sandwich to have you know it's a little it's a little fancy a little exorbitant a little gluttonous but it's not like eating 69 sandwiches. So I had one sandwich, and it was, it was so good. And then Katie had about four-fifths of a sandwich later. So yeah, we had Portillo's, and it was, it was great. Now, this is not the full food story from the wedding. So we went to the wedding the next day. Had to do the same thing. Went to went to the Brown Barracks house early because had you know wanted to go down uh, early to avoid traffic and I didn't want to be late to my own wedding. So I you know we went we went at two and hung out at their house and all of them got ready and they headed over and then we got over and had a great ceremony. I already talked about that, you know, it was a wonderful time, great time, we did beautiful, uh, so they had food there, I didn't really have a lot of hors d'oeuvres, I, I probably did because I went for a whole round of hors d'oeuvres knowing that there was going to be more food later, and they did, they had Alfredo pasta, they had uh, a pasta buffet, now, Let's, I want you to know, the way I failed at the rehearsal dinner, we really earned our redemption at the wedding. Because I was not going to make the same mistake twice, given a limitless amount of food. It wasn't literally a limitless amount of food, but you just understand where, where there's all these people that they're, they're happy to share where Mr. Brombera wanted you to eat as much, you know, they wanted everybody to eat as much as they wanted, even stupid amounts, um, it was available. So we got, uh, you know, I got a plate where I got a little bit of everything from, from the uh, pasta bar the first time. I got some lasagna, I got some chicken alfredo, uh, Rigatoni, uh, I got some baked ziti, um, they say lasagna, so that's, the wedding goes off, stuff, stuff's great, 
cut to the end of the evening. Things are winding down. We're about to pack up. Katie hasn't eaten yet. So I ask her if if uh, she wants some food, and she says she's going to go try to grab a plate at the end of the night. And I noticed that they were already packing up. So I went and I, I grabbed a plate. And they were... And, they were very kind, the caterers. They were packing up, but they said that I, you know, they wanted to make sure everybody got some food, so they opened it back up, and I apologized to them, and they they let me grab a plate, and they gave me some foil, and I made her a to-go plate. Unbeknownst to me, I'm coming back with her plate, and she's going off to ask for uh, her own food, and... She doesn't stop at a plate, right? These serving trays of pasta, she just goes up to them and says, Hey, what y'all doing with all that pasta? Can I just take a couple of trays? She takes a full tray of the chicken alfredo with rigatoni and a full tray of the baked ziti. So we are still eating on those, and they are great. And I totally enjoyed them more than I was even planning on it. They were very good. They were excellent. I've had a lot of buffets and catered events and I actually, I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I think they did a better job than plenty. Uh, big, big shout out to them. I don't have their name, but it's okay. Cause I don't think anybody listening, uh, is in Tyrone anyway. So anyway, if you ever, if you ever need a pasta advice in Tyrone, um, hit me up and I will find out that information from you. But, uh, you know, most of y'all have probably worked at an Italian restaurant or two yourself, too, so you know your own things. But anyway, yeah, now I'm so hungry. Oh, man, but I'm... So we got... All that happened, and we drove back to Georgia, from Georgia to Louisiana last night. Uh, I tried to go to Burger King real quick on the way back, but the app was not working, so it was not able so on the ride back, too, we were looking at different audiobooks. And as, as you very well know, um, Silver Linings Playbook is a film that was adapted from a book called The Silver Linings Playbook by Matthew Quick. There is some great episodes where we talk about Matthew, the author, Mr. Quick, and how he, you know, um, came up with the the idea to write it, the the process and stuff. It's a great... The story of Silver Linings Playbook, the story of the Silver Linings Playbook and how it became Silver Linings Playbook is almost as good of a story as the Silver Linings Playbook itself, right? One of the things I was disappointed about was that at the wedding I was hoping they were going to play um, the, the dancing, uh, the, the music medley from the ballroom dancing contest from the movie The Silver Linings... No, from the movie Silver Linings Playbook. But they didn't, but that's okay. Because it was... uh, You have to... Like, if you're not going to produce something, right? If I had produced the wedding, then I could have done all the different details the way I would have done them, but it really wasn't about that. So, So there was enough... Little details and stuff that I think I, I got to have the the night that I wanted. Still a dream. Um, but 
you know, there's there's a few few changes I would have made. So anyway, congratulations to to Danielle and Conrad from Barrick and you know their families and stuff. Um, but yeah. So anyway, the the movie was based on a book, and we were listen we were going to listen to an audio book. I got them a gift. The I got him a copy of The Princess Bride, which is based on a book called Princess Bride. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's the first joke of the episode. Um, not the episode, the part. Because did I tell you all this? What, what, a special, what a special episode this is? So not only, not only is this an episode in which I got to, um, you know, talk about uh, a wedding that I officiated... But it is also, um, it was an episode in which uh, I, hold on, there's something amazing happening right now. So I just munched on a bowl of the baked ziti that uh, was left over from the wedding. And I, I, have, to, I have to admit, I'm, uh, I have been thinking of the wrong pasta my whole life. I have been thinking of rigatoni when, uh, in fact, so ziti, if, if you're following along and you're not familiar with the differences of these pastas, uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into the three different little uh, round cylindrical noodle shapes right well, there's now. There's more than three. You ready? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, actually, so that's a good point. There, let's uh, let's do a deep dive because we're going to go into an article that was discussing the three uh, main types of of penne ziti and rigatoni, but there is in fact over six hundred different types of uh, pasta, uh, the the Italian pastas and stuff, and even higher number if you're going into account of all the different pastas in the world. Um, different uh, countries. So if we, if we were going in alphabetical order uh, of, of uh, pasta, the, you know, this is not supposed to be a, a pasta cast. It's a podcast uh, where we talk about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. But, you know, the, the main characters are uh, an Italian family, uh, as indicated from... The, um... So the first one, and, and I'm not promising that this is by any means a um, completely comprehensive list either, but we're going alphabetically. Uh, you have Assini di Pepe, um, which is, uh, and this is a quote from Share the Pasta, an extremely small, round pasta shape. Translates to peppercorn or seeds of pepper, and it looks like a pepper pasta, and that's delicious looking, and I don't know why that, I, well, the reason we probably don't have that one is because it's, uh, there's a lot. Anyway, it looks great. Cine de Pepe. That, that is uh, a pasta that I wish I'd known about. It, it looks like little balls, though. It looks like a bowl of corn. Um, so maybe like the, sort of like the stuff from Italian wedding soup. Okay, I don't know if this is an official one. Alphabet pasta. 
It's been cut into different letters. Very closely related to number pasta. Uh, sometimes you can get them combined. Can you get them combined? I don't know if that's still a thing. When I was, when I was little, you used to get a can and I called it ABCs and 123s. Mm-hmm. Because it had letters and numbers. Is it just number letters now? Both. Can you can get both? Okay. It depends on the brand. Uh, I think that like the SpaghettiOs brand does ABCs and like Campbell's maybe or mm-hmm. something like that. But then like the uh, Chef Boyardee, I'm pretty sure is just yeah. But I think they also they also might have an ABCs one two threes, but like then they do it in like a macaroni, you know? mm-hmm. like a like a mac and cheese type thing. Yes, there is uh, also. Um, uh, I was trying to make a stupid font joke, and it was not going to work. Never mind. Moving on. Uh, we've got anelli pasta, which is little rings. That looks like the professional version of spaghetti. SpaghettiOs. Um, except they look uh, cylindrical and not rounded like a tire. I don't know how to, to describe. So this is an interesting exercise in conception, conceptual description, because I'm... Working in a medium that is all audio, and yet I'm trying to paint you a visual picture. These look a lot like the rings from Sonic the Hedgehog, SpaghettiOs, um, but they are flat width-wise. So they look like wedding bands, I guess. Okay. Uh, Angel hair pasta, which is a favorite... um, I think when I was little, I just thought all noodles were spaghetti, and then it's introduced to angel hair, which is a thinner, long noodle. Uh, Bucatani is a straw-like pasta. It is thick like spaghetti, but is hollow in this... Ooh! Hollow noodles! Why are we limited to such... It's uh, every... Every year, I think American grocers... Grocers should pick 10 different types of pasta that are going to become the main... And I'm picking that number arbitrarily, but there, there's so many of these little patterns that look so great and seem like a lot of fun that we don't uh, get to have all the time. Bucatani, that is, that is the next one that I want to try because it's little straws. I, think, I feel like the, the hollowness in the center would just make it uh, a lot of... You could get that good sauce in there, the flavors, little airiness, tricking yourself into eating, thinking more. So, let's see. Calamarada. Uh, this is like big rings. It looks like penne that was chopped up into little smaller uh, square-sized round tubes or like larger versions of the Anelli pasta. Which one are you talking about? Calamarada. It's, yeah, it's like calamari. Yes. Like calamari rings, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, okay. Ooh, calamari rings inside little calamarada pastas for a yummy little... Yeah, like a seafood, sa- like a seafood pasta, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every fun bite, you never know if you're going to get meat or pasta. That's my favorite mouth game. Uh, we got... Campanelli. Uh, this is one that I've, it's not as common, but I've had this one uh, on occasion with places that are just trying to trying to be a little fancy. Um, how to describe it? It looks like that carnivorous plant 
that's not a Venus flytrap, the one that, that is like a little uh, bowl of sweetness that the flies go into and then they can't get out. Trust me, just listen to that description very carefully, Google the necessary things you don't understand and you'll understand. Or or just look up Campanelli uh, itself. That would actually save the time of having to look up my description. Uh, uh is a pasta is shaped like a narrow, twisted, and rolled tube. Um, it looks sort of like twisted macaroni. I like that one. That one looks like it would be great too. It, all these, all of these that have little folds and stuff mm -hmm. look like they would really hold the sauces. And I like that. nothing against the the flat smooth pastas. They're all delicious. These are all. This is like six hundred beautiful children that all have something wonderful about them, but just some of them are stupider than See, others. I feel like I feel like that pasta shape would be good for like a, a like a pesto sauce or something. That Absolutely. Has like some stuff in it, you know? Yeah. Uh huh. Man, you're gonna you're about to get. I'm, I'm following along. Are you? Like, oh. <laughs> we I'm should. Like, oh man, just wait. And I'm like, oh, how is he gonna pronounce mm -hmm. that one? Uh, but you're gonna get into some really interesting ones, and I'm really excited about. Yeah. Uh, okay, right now, Cavatappi um, is a macaroni formed in a helical tube shape. Uh, so these are like corkscrews, uh, but they're also ridged on the outside. So you've probably had it, but we've never called it that. It was probably called macaroni and cheese uh, when it was served. Cavatelli resembles a tiny hot dog bun. I don't know if that's accurate, but I like the description. That's several of my favorite things. <gasps> Making pasta? little tiny. Is it a pasta? Is, is that? We we have our space. We have our tools. We could. Ah! I mean, I. I did take a big chunk out of the, there, there is plenty left, but there is, like, it's not an inhuman amount left, too. We oh, could make our own. Exactly. Right. So yeah. we could make uh, um, pasta. Uh, t resembles a tiny hot dog bun. I guess I could probably be a, uh, a copywriter and write the description. My descriptions are, okay. Uh, uh, all right. Conchile Jumbo. Shells. They're, jumbo stuffed so, shells, yeah. These are the jumbo. Um, they come in jumbo and medium. Oh, and many. And small. Small being like out of... shells. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, but, they, but also, like, you I stuff love, them. I love the stuff one. Oh, oh man. Oh. My, Nona, oh, my Nona used to make the best stuffed shells. Like, stuffed pasta. <laughs> yeah, like... And then, oh, man. You were talking about, um, you know, you, you were getting the... Um, Ziti confused mm -hmm. with other with rigatoni. Just wait till you get to the manicotti. <gasps> I love, that's my favorite. I love manicotti. You love manicotti. I love manicotti. Oh yeah. I, it is one of my favorite. I actually, I, yeah. I think that's why I liked this big ziti because it was just it was similar. They're just different, but you know, sort of like Italian enchiladas. Um, we got uh, corbata, which is a, a small. Version of farfel. Wait, is that a pasta or a name? What farfeline? Far, farfe. Wait, is far? Is, uh, uh, is that a shape hotel? or is that a different kind of pasta that they're referencing? A version of farfelle. Yeah, farfelle. 
Um, so that's the bow ties one, but yeah, so it's a small version of the bow ties, but it's a specific, there's two different types of the bow tie type pasta, which is right here. Uh -huh. That's the bow tie. And then this is the other one that's a little bit fancier that uh, oh, has okay. the rounded did, edges. Yeah, so the Corbata I didn't know if they were referencing a shaper. Okay. Uh, Ditalini is a very small type of pasta that is shaped like tubes. Which is the English translation of its name. Uh, those are cute. They, uh, they look like what I see in minestrone soup a lot. Um, egg noodles. The German word for noodle means pasta with egg. These noodles have a large amount of eggs as an ingredient with them. Elbow macaroni. A classic. Uh, you've probably never seen that one. Um, I'm just kidding. Terrible joke. Alright. You probably know what that one is. Okay, uh, we got the Farfalle bow ties, type of short bow tie. Uh, Farfalline, which is a small rounded version of the traditional bow ties. Fettuccine, a long flat pasta uh, on the thicker side. So we had fettuccine the other. Oh, okay, now so we're getting into some ones that I have not familiar with. Fideo, short and thin strands of pasta that are slightly curved. It looks sort of like broken spaghetti. Um, I'm actually surprised that one's not more popular here, but it, it seems like uh, I get I get that. Uh, Facile, uh, a short pasta with a twisted spiral form, sort of like the other one. Jamile. Uh, uh, a short twisted pasta shape that uh, resembles two of the other ones that we have looked at already, but um, is different. Okay, this one looks weird. Geely is a delicate piece of pasta that has been rolled in a cone or a flour, and it looks kind of like popcorn. Uh, gnocchi is a thick, small, oval-like shape of dough, typically made of potatoes, eggs, cheese, and flour. Uh, if you've had those ones, they, uh, they, it, uh, it tastes like a different um, kind of food because it's thicker. Uh, lasagna. Wait a second. Oh, linguine. Um, which is like a smaller fettuccine. Mafalda uh, is a type of pasta that has a ribbon shape. Simil okay, so this looks like Little lasagna ribbons. Um, looks like when you get the Chef Boyardee uh, lasagna in a can that doesn't have the big things. Uh, the manicotti is a very large tube-shaped pasta ridged that's usually stuffed and baked. Um, that one, uh, it, I, I love that <laughs> one. You might have heard us talking about that uh, in the... How many pastas have we gone over now? Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Okay, 30, 30 pastas. That's uh, out of 600. That is like what? 120th? One. I don't know. I don't know how to do the math on that. Yeah, yeah, one. 120th. Um, anyway, that takes us up to about uh, as much. Here's the thing. We don't 
as much as I want to go through every single pasta here, it's not the uh, Silver Linings Pasta Cast. Silver Linings Playcast, it is. Not Pasta Cast. Um, so maybe we'll discuss uh, or, or let you know about all the different kinds of pastas that are available coming up because that would be fun. This was this was an incredibly special... This is... Oh, you know what? This was part 30 of our special... 100 parter 100th episode and we covered 30 types of pasta uh so maybe i don't know i would like to know you the listening audience would you rather go over one additional type of pasta for the rest of the 570 types of pasta which would include 70 more parts of this 100 parter and then an additional 500 episodes with one pasta a piece or should we do like 30 pastas an episode? Should we do episodes that are fully on pasta until we get through all the pastas? Or is all of this just an impossible uh, plan that I am over-promising on a product that I might not be able to deliver on? However, if I do, if we're sitting here... If we're sitting here 570 weeks from now, how will the world have changed by then? How many different presidents will we have? What will the shape of this country look like? Will there be more states? Will there be less states? Will Ukraine be a part of Russia? Will Russia exist? Will we all be part of China? What will the dollar be worth? There's so many questions. Again, I can, I'm going to hurt my head if I think too far about that. So let's let's keep the scope of our our things simple here at the Playcast. Let's let's discuss pastas as they come. Uh, if you have any feelings towards pasta, you can you can reach out to us at silverliningsplaycast at gmail.com. S-I-L-V-E-R-P-L-A-Y-C-A-S-T. Wait, no, I left out a word. Put linings in between those things. At gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite pasta is, how many other pastas you would like to know about, and how soon you would like to know about them. Right? Because this, this podcast is a labor of love. I'm, I'm not here to make you learn about all the pastas. I am here to share with you that information if you would like to know about it at the time frame that we are comfortable going over it. I know that I just ate a bowl a big ZD, and that makes me not want to care about anything right now. And I have this weird feeling too, because half of me is like, "Oh my goodness, you are." I mean, I'm not. I'm not. So I'm not hungry. But ha- but but pasta tastes so good. It makes me want to put more pasta in my mouth. But it also makes me want to not do that too. So it's kind of like the devil. Um, Anyway, you know, uh, pasta is an Italian food, and the characters from the, at least the Solitano side of the Silver Linings Playbook, uh, the book, and, well, people's in the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, but Solitano in the the movie are uh, Italian. That's why they got Mr. Bobby De Niro to play the dad in the movie. Um, Yeah, but they're probably eating a lot of pasta, right? 
anyway, let's not let this get too off track because this has been so fun. It's been, we talked about some of our favorite things today. Silver Linings Playbook, the movie. The Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Uh, you know, Fertillo's, pasta, friendship, weddings, travel, audiobooks. Films adapted from books, authorship, and I, I think we even got away without being too controversial, even though we mentioned a, a little bit of history. So, sorry it's late. Sorry we didn't make it on time, on our normal time, but I think you understand if you listen to the beginning up to here. understand there was a lot of really important and historic things going on this week, and it was worth it. And hey, we're, we're still getting this one in on time. It's only 5 o'clock Eastern Time, 4 o'clock Central Time, 3 o'clock Mountain Time, and 2 o'clock Pacific Time on Sunday, 4th of December, 2022. Uh, we'll, I think things are clear to be back on track to have a, a Thursday episode that's posted on Wednesday, like, like the plan was back when all of this started in 2020. During a crazy year. And just look at look at how far we've come. We're part 30 of our special 100-parter. So take that with you. Eat some pasta. Or don't eat some pasta. It's all the same to me. But be kind to yourselves. Love yourselves. Look for the good in the world. I focus on being kind and not right, and tune in this week and every every week as long as we keep doing this for all the latest on Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. And until next time, we will see you down the road and excelsior. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a silver linings play cast.